Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Hey, my loves. And you know what? I'm going to add this too. So I, it's so important to pay attention to what's in your algorithm. Um, in terms of even your YouTube. So it can be a curse and a blessing at the same time, but you can be in control of it and you can set it up to help you stimulate your growth. And um, I recently subscribed to Robert Greene. You know that Robert Greene is the author of a lot of those great books out there. Uh, 48 Laws of Power, Art of Seduction. Um, I also have his daily motivational book, <laughs> which, you know, that's probably something good for me to pick up. And it only takes about five to 10 minutes to read a day. Um, And so one of the things that came up in the short, because I've been up for, for a few minutes um, and about to go back to sleep, but I might as well just share some of the things I'm learning. Um, uh, Robert Greene talks about the the word deterrence, right? So what is deterrence? Deterrence is protecting yourself from other people harming you, causing you harm. And um, it's important for you to learn to set your boundaries and expectations early. And that's, that's you know, a lot of us um, who probably listen to and identify with some of the things I talk about, listen to Cynthia G. And she's been encouraging a lot of us ladies to have healthy boundaries and expectations. And I don't remember what the third one is. <laughs> um, but having healthy boundaries and expectations. And um, with with the law of deterrence, one of the things that we can learn, both my divine feminines and my divine masculines, is how to handle people that are trying to cause you harm, right? And so he talks about, and I love and I appreciate that so much about him because one of the things I've been trying to get talk about on my channel too is the importance for men to be empathetic, right? So here you have um, um, men who are able to understand human behavior, right? And for you to understand human behavior, you kind of have to put yourself in the other person's um, shoes. And so it's really nice to hear something like Robert Greene saying, well, you know, most of us want to just go through life without fighting and arguments and Kind of like not being in fear of your life, but obviously if someone's going to cause you harm or in some way, whether it's to your ego or to your finances or to your physical body or to your well-being. Yeah, that, that sucks. Nobody really wants to be in that energy. I remember when I was training um, some of my my staff for, for um, customer service, right? One of the things that they teach you is you're the person that calls on the other side of the phone is not they don't wake up angry and decide I'm gonna call and chew this person out and just you know be in this miserable energy for the most part right you have those cantankerous people those but I even in my lifetime that type of personality that archetype is far and few between what ends up happening is people, including myself, are just something went wrong with our transaction or with the quality of what we were expecting and we're not getting the value and or we've been pushed around. And so now at this point, we reach that point, you know, it's just your breaking point, right? So I like that he talks about how 
um, for the most part, we, we want to get along with our colleagues and our counterparts, but with, with, um, how he talks about, I, I wouldn't say it's the law of deterrence. He just, he just works with the term deterrence. Deterrence means that as soon as they start to show that they're going to harm you, you cut them short, right? Let me see if I can, um, if it's close enough that I can go up and play it for you. Since we're going to use this as a learning experience, right? Let me go up. And so he even talks about how, you know, make sure like you have an iron fist and a velvet glove. And in the sense of like, you know, kind of it's it's right up there with some of the more, I think, common terms that we use. And one of my friends kind of taught me and talked about here it is um, earlier, which is, you know, just match people's energy. Right. Um and here it is. I found the clip. I'm going to play it. And the first part he says, I talk about in the in the book, um, actually, 33 st- strategies of war. So here's the rest of the clip. And I talk about deterrence, the need to deter people from harming you. So if people are very aggressive and you show that you're kind of weak and that you're willing to take the abuse, they're just going to keep doing it. It brings out the tiger in them, brings out the lion. They're going to keep doing it again and again. You need to show them, hey, don't mess with me. You need to show them one time, you do that to me, and you're going to pay a really fucking bad price for it. Listen, and the Scorpio side of me, I'm good for it. I think it's so interesting. I'm going to play it again for for y'all. I'll probably play it a couple more times. But And sometimes I suppress that side of me, right? Um, and then that's how you hear those phrases, you know, taking people's kindness for weakness and that type of person will go and test different people. And that's also how you hear the phrase, you know, you really try to mess with the right one because you can do that to other human beings. You can do that to other um, women. You can do that to other employees, but not me. And just because it is chit chat, y'all, and I am a whole human being on this chit chat thing, and y'all kind of know what I'm going through, and I'm just chatting with you, but you know, it is nice to be able to kind of sometimes be on the giving end of it too, because um, even when I've talked about like one of the last uh, incidences I had, like just two weeks ago, with it was a racist woman. She was straight out racist, and even I don't even want to talk about it too much in depth, and so it sounds a little bit jumbled but when I one of the times that I have talked try to talk about it but I was so proud of myself because it's kind of like I could tell that she was used to doing that type of reckless irresponsible open nasty behavior with other people and immediately like I just went to scorpionic mode and I just sent her like this energetic like <laughs> you that what you did is unconscionable, right? Because sometimes I've talked about this too with some of my earlier podcasts about the the black woman, right? In a lot of senses, a lot of us, the black women, we also take on the role of being people's karma about judgment day, right? Because we, in a sense, expose those nasty racist sentiments, those genderist sentiments, right? Um when you start to look at how, um, you know, but, but at the end of the day, it was just one of those things like she kind of 
kept trying to reconcile. There was something about she had to come check with me. And I'm like, no, there's a price to pay for what you did. It was nasty. And now I'm like, just kind of like almost match your energy. I didn't have to be as derogatory as she was. But sometimes when you're kind of just not... Cause she, what she expected in this a lot, and this is kind of what bothers me. I think with the younger generation, especially of my black girls, we're we're so forgiving of people messing with us, right? Like even when I look at, let's just say Kendra G, and that whole thing that happened with Danny Lane, so forgiving, so accepting. It's like the the blatant disrespect, and I think especially what happens with the young black girls. Like, they don't want to be in a life where they're up against discrimination, you know, both for your gender and for your color. And on top of the little black boys that you're growing up in school with and, and the people around you and not able. They don't want to be in that energy. You know, but what ends up happening is, and I've seen this before even too when I was watching um Black Girl on Lost last night. One of the, the young ladies that recently lost her life you know, one of the things they said about her is, you know, people would step on her foot and she would say, it's okay. It's okay. You know, we're friends now and just be so forgiving. But that type of person goes and steps on people's foots, feet, foots, <laughs> feet deliberately. And they do it time and time again. And they think they can be dis disrespectful. That woman, what she did, she's been racist like that before, openly and blatantly before. And we, we forgive and we let it go. And it's kind of interesting to me, too. I'm going to just double down and stand 10 toes down on what I'm saying. Like, we have to practice, I think, especially for black women, deterrence. If you disrespect us, you have to understand there is a MFN price to pay for it. You're not going to disrespect my image as a woman. You're not going to disrespect my image as a black woman. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to disrespect um, my culture you're not going to disrespect me, me too, as a period. Because I think sometimes some of the conversations that we're going through right now is to what degree do we want to hold on to the pro-black um, concept, right? To what degree is that getting us in trouble? But even if you focus on your personal life in terms of um, what it means for relationships, and I get it because I think even for when you work, sometimes it really does suck. Like I know a lot of us are... I'm in the same boat with you where, and I've talked about this too, because I think sometimes people can get a little confused. Like I, my parents have everything set up for me, right? But I really like that I'm focusing on growing things for myself and setting things up for myself and being hands-on in the process, right? So when I talk about where I'm going to be in three years, if I continue to invest and trade and learn, right? Um, My financial situation is going to be to such that I don't have to put up with certain things. Because sometimes what happens is um, I think back to all of the things I had to endure at the workplace. And it, they didn't just do that to me. They did it to other people too, right? But I, I think that uh, if I were to probably sit back and reflect, I could probably think back on times where you get to a certain position where you're just high enough where they circle back and they try to... to um, disparage you and it's kind of like no and you kind of tell them to your to their face you know and they just kind of back off um 
Let me finish playing what he's saying. I hope that this kind of makes sense too. I'm going to play it twice for you. So he just finished saying like, you have to let them know that there's a prize for it, right? The law of deterrence. And I think that's important for my women to understand that this is from the book, the 33 strategies of war, right? Law of deter deterrence. And let's just play it again. Back off. Well, in doing that, you're kind of lowering yourself a little bit. It's not something you would normally do, but it's and that that's the other part too right i talked about how it can feel like you really have to get down to these people's level because they're messing with you right and it does bring out like he he brought up animal right he brought up lion or tiger and to me i go to scorpionic right a lot of us uh, if we're looking at our zodiac where the taurus the bull the um the what there's what i think one that has the swords there's one that has um the fish swim away type of a thing, right? So, but just sometimes it feels like you kind of have to come down a little bit, but listen to what he says. It's necessary in the game of life to show people you can't be messed with. It is important in the game of life to show people that you cannot be messed with. That's a whole assignment right there. Like I've been talking about how I'm, I'm just kind of rehabbing myself a little bit. Um, and kind of this is funny because I'm I'm here for a little bit, but kind of still in my shell. But that's that's homework assignment right there for you guys. Um what what is it gonna take for you to stand up for yourself, to defend yourself, you know, um, to let people know that they can't practice these microaggressions towards you. I'm generally believe in the soft approach in the world today, in being seductive and charming and so then he that that's cool too because he talked about the feminine and the masculine so for feminine it's to be seductive right seductive is the enticing to drawing into you pulling in energy we're not chasing we're not pursuing okay i wanted to just kind of put that out there we're not looking for men we're not you know chasing things we're attracting the right type of people into our life um and being receptive to the to high vibrational energies into our life, right? And for the masculines, it's to be charming. And I will have to, um, I already have the book Art of Seduction, which I, I want to say is more for the woman, but I can um, explore what he means by charming because my understanding of the word charming is it's almost a little bit manipulative. Um, but... I don't think that he's inferring that it's manipulative. I think that it's going to be important for us women to understand the difference between um, charming and manipulative, especially for men, because they can present charming. But I almost feel like there's a true, authentic version of what charming is. The same way we've been exploring what the difference is between a man and a male. And then you start to understand that a lot of us have been dealing with males. It's different for women. Um talked about this before in previous podcasts i'll keep it short but um understanding that um males are more kind of like just um body and brawn and they build things for other people right and they don't really um go through the thought process of what it means to be autonomous and to create systems for other people to build their um build for them so a man is more futuristic thinking and he's more of like a brain 
and in the sense of an intellect or cerebral and um, looking to create systems that are forward moving and that, again, that people, masses of people and muscle can use to build and prop him up and accelerate his agenda. Um, right. So, so now your, your understanding has a little bit more clarity. There's distinctions, right? How do you separate the wheat from the chaff? And so I think it's going to be important for us to at some point revisit what the word charming means, because I think that we have an understanding of what charming means. For us, it can mean kind of like, oh, he's alpha and he has muscles and he's saying all the right things. But then what is true charm? What is the higher vibrational um, meaning behind charm? So let's go. Thinking about everybody that you're you're working with and trying to be a good courtier, but at the same time you can't be naive. Napoleon Bonaparte said it's putting your iron hand inside a velvet glove. So if they're going to hit you, you're ready to hit them back. One of the books I have is the Thirty Three Strategies of War, and I talk about deterrence, the need to deter people from harming you. So if people are very aggressive and you show that you're kind of weak and that you're willing to take the abuse, they're just going to keep doing it. It brings out the tiger in them, brings out the lion. They're going to keep doing it again and again. You need to show them, hey, don't mess with me. You need to show them one time, you do that to me and you're going to pay a really fucking bad price for it. Back off. Well, in doing that, you're kind of lowering yourself a little bit. It's not something you would normally do, but it's necessary in the game of life to show people you can't be messed with. I generally believe in the soft approach in the world today, in being seductive and charming, thinking about everybody that you're you're working with and trying to be a good courtier, but at the same time, you can't be naive. Napoleon Bonaparte said, it's putting your iron hand inside a velvet glove. So if they're going to hit you, you're ready to hit them back. One of the books... And I love it too because one of the some of the concepts I've been um um kind of it's in part of my curriculum, right? This these are the areas that I'm learning in for this week or so, right? For this quarter. <laughs> and um I have been with Mother Nature, right? Mother Nature and um you know, like he talks about wanting to be the soft take the softer approach. And um wanting to just get along with everyone too but the other side of it is sometimes and it's not fun like he said <laughs> but at the same and I think people take advantage of that right you know what you know what oh my gosh you guys okay 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 I was gonna do a separate podcast on this one but let's go let go so I was listening to my girl Tisa Tells y'all go check out Tisa Tells she is totally killing it in her game I'm so proud of her I'm so rooting for you, but, and like I said, what I love about her too is she's really deep. She really knows her stuff, um, and so she takes everyday celebrity gossip, but you can really learn, I think, a lot about the inner workings of, I think, the mind and the, you know, some of the legal systems and contracts, and she has that foresight an understanding of like, okay, this is where we're going. This is what I see. She's almost, I don't think she's quite caught this yet, but quite a, a little bit Nostradamus-ish. She's made some predictions in her own right. And um, I'm saying that as your oracle. I'm just saying, go check her out. But um, she's doing a phenomenal job of covering the story also on Sean Quella. If I'm honest with you guys, 
baby girl on me on my side i am down that stuff i'm behind the scenes watching you guys covering it it pains me so bad i y'all i'm just down for the count but i i probably i don't know how i can do her justice short of you i'm telling you to go check out T tisa but Tisa did a video um, talking about what's going on between Ray J trying to quote-unquote uh, expose um, Chloe for being racist. And it's just the irony for me, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's the same thing with Kanye. One minute Kanye's in bed with her, with, with um, Kim and lusting after her. And the next minute he's throwing around the R card. And it's kind of like... We know he doesn't like black women. I don't know that Ray J does too. I really don't care. Like I've told you, I've said this before and it is what it is. But Ray J is one of the most ugliest people I've ever seen. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I just, I'm not, he's not my type. Let's just put it that way. I, 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 I don't, but you know what? Let me just leave it alone. I mean, leave it alone because there have been conversations going around about what ugly is and what it isn't. It's just not my type. Ah, whatever. But you know what they'll do and and so then all of us black women will be like oh you know kim's being racist da, da, da. and then he'll get back in bed with her and do all this stuff and they're in love and it's so we're just getting worked up you know so here comes ray j trying to expose a text from chloe from 10 years ago and but here's the part that caught my attention um chloe said in their uh Love thy racist neighbor, right? Love thy racist neighbor. And it kind of also took me back to, remember I've been talking about how if a slave and a master um, prayed to God, who would he answer? If a man and a woman prayed to God, who would he answer? It's going to be the white man every time. And even Kanye is talking about how God is showing him that he was in the wrong. He's getting punishment. And I've even talked about how if I were a white male or part of dominant society, I would be the most thumpingest Bible thumper out there. You better believe I'm going to be smacking you over the head with that book. And so isn't it ironic that Chloe defaults to love thy racist neighbor, right? She's pulling Bible on you. She's pulling dominant society on you. And you need to fall into line. And if you claim to be a Christian, then the right thing for Rachel to do is just turn the other cheek, right? Um, I just found that to be so interesting. But And I think there was something else I wanted to say, but I got a little bit distracted. And I'll, I, if I remember, I'll come back. Because there was something else I wanted to talk about with... um. What Chloe's response was to to Ray J um, and just the illusions going back with them, right? Because we're talking about the law of uh, illusion. So let me work on the description real quick. And then if I remember, I'll come back and just add it at the, the bottom of this podcast. But if not, have an amazing day. It is Wednesday. It's the day before Thanksgiving. Um, I'm going to say it here, but um, I'm kind of thinking of how to formulate a podcast and I may or may not get around to it um, if I'm not able to flesh out all the details, but it's going to be something along the lines of going into Thanksgiving. Have you thanked a black woman lately? You know, I've been talking or giving little dropping little hints or tra trailer or treat tra trailer teasers, <laughs> trailers or teasers 
about how there's a blatant global disrespect of the black woman, which is straight up disrespectful given the fact that we provide the Eve gene, right? Where the, the, these are our sons, right? And it's a disrespect on a global scale in terms of where the, like, they're just pimping out their moms globally. You know, it's like, you got our looks from us, our, you know, our their culture from us, everything that comes. And so I really want to just encourage the ascension of black women back onto their throne, back into their place of where they need. And part of it is you have to see that for yourself. And it starts off with the little microaggressions because it's even things like, for example, the the piss poor pay. You know, having black women work 242 days just to make you know, that of your white counterparts for no reason, you know, to your own mother in a sense, right? Type of a thing. And um, I even talked about the, the disrespectful layers in the sisterhood against black women and also um, how the greatest beneficiaries, in my opinion, of feminism and I'm working on that thesis, is Black women. And so for other women who still rest in the the outcome that came off of the back of Black women who had to fight and are still fighting for things, because you better trust and believe that a lot of the conversations that Black women are having about relationships, about bettering ourselves, about um, making sure that we have intact, healthy family units for our children. It is not a fun fight. You think we want to stay in the black, angry woman energy? No. Right. And now it trickles over into other, other communities and other, um, conversations and other, uh, yeah, in other communities, right? And now they're starting to look at their partners and now they're starting to be vocal about domestic violence. And now they're starting to be vocal about what it means for someone to love you, not because you're cooking and cleaning and and um the um the, they're not viewing you as a human. And, and if you're already on another side of things where things are, are great, then that's great. But for the rest of us, we have some work to do, right? So we're having those conversations about how do you value yourself? Because are those, are, you know, are me cooking and cleaning and doing things around the house, are those part of things that we need to do? Or Yes, but that's not who I am. I'm, I'm a human being. And I think that the more black women start to see their humanity and stand up for the right and practice the law of deterrence, okay, practicing deterrence, it spills over into other areas. And so what you'll have is like I talked about how a lot of these women who are out here talking about like, oh, I'm not a feminist, still go to their checking account and withdraw 10000 and, you know, withdraw money and have a checking account. That was off of the back of black women. Right? Black women understood the the... Going out there, the marching, the protesting, lifting their voices. And the white women joined in on it. Because they understood that it was part of a movement. And then they ended up splitting because the, the, the white woman didn't understand the, the plight of what the black woman was really going through. 
I I actually still remember some. Of, I have to go and look up like I because um, the school I go to they have the syllabus for every class you took, so I can still go get the syllabus, and pull the book because it was actually a good book and it broke down. Like it was several paragraphs showing here is how they broke down. This is why they went their separate ways. Right. But I I do want to talk about, you know, have you thanked the black woman going into Thanksgiving? Right. A lot of the things that you enjoy, if you enjoy equal pay, right, to your counterparts, that was off of the black back of the black woman. The black woman still 204. And so every time we come out here and talk about equal pay rights and somebody gets a raise and there's an adjustment, we're still behind the curve, but it benefits you. You know, when we talk about medical apartheid, right, making sure that everybody has the right to be treated when they come into a hospital, right, and that the physician has to pay attention to, you know, what you're actually saying and document that that's off of the back of, of black women, right? Because it's like starting to understand that we're taken for granted when we go in there, that we are expected to endure more pain, right? Even uh, the changes in the labor practices is off the backs of black women, right? Um, and so, yeah, I will kind of work on that a little bit, but let me get off of here. I hope that this was helpful and motivational for you. And like I said, for my, my black women, you know, the law of deterrence, boundaries and expectations. And um, a lot of us don't want to get into that guttural response of, you know, sometimes you hardly dealing with lower vibrational stuff. But if you don't check them, they're going to keep doing it over and over again. Okay. And if I remember what, what happened with the Chloe thing, I might just do a little podcast because uh I am going to work out. Today's my last day for workout. And then um, tonight, going into tomorrow, I'm going to start studying for my real estate um, stuff. I'm kind of ready for it. Um, I, I, you know, at this point, I know how my, my mind works and the headspace I needed to be in. And it's going to be perfect for me, too, because um, it's going to allow my mind to expand into other areas versus just staying in a little bit of a funk or feeling a little bit kind of bogged down. Um, and a lot of it is just energetic, right? But I'm so proud of myself because, um, I've come a long way and that kind of energy working through it is not fun. I think we're in some freaking retrograde, y'all. Let me just check what the F is going on too, because um, I know there's some uh, Mercury. And I go on both sides. Um, Sometimes it's good to know, but you still have to have healthy. You're not always going to know all the exact planetary placements. I am pretty sure Chiron has reared its ugly little head in here. Um, and, and I probably shouldn't have said that too, because Chiron runs through my chart. <laughs> and I just need to not, you know, I have a love-hate with Chiron um, type of thing. But let's just see what is going on here. Oh, no, Mercury retrograde is direct. It won't go retrograde until December 29. So I don't know 
what all is going on right now. Let me just look at planetary placements. <laughs> oh, planetary placements 2022 as we're ending the year. And I am sleepy. I do want to go back to sleep, y'all. Um, mm -mm -mm. So we are in November. K2 is in conjunction in Libra. Until November 16, we just passed over that. And then Mercury Stellium in Libra. And that will be... Oh, let me see what else is here. November, sun transits in Scorpio, sun transit in Sagittarius. We just went through some full moon energy. We're in November. So Mercury is transit in Scorpio. I should be good, right? Because I got, I got Scorpio on my chart, but Mercury, that would kind of make sense. So November 13th, Mercury transit in Scorpio. So that's to do with communication. So you probably noticed, um, uh, you know, a lot of the communication that went out around November 13th, and it could be, you know, a couple days before and after, was just in the deep, the dark, the shadowy, murky type of communication. Um, and so then that means a lot of us were probably triggered AF, right? Whatever is written or spoken and out in the ethers can have that type of effect. Let's see what's going on with Venus. So Venus is uh, also transiting in Scorpio. Ooh, y'all. Mm, I'm not even gonna. I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> Some of y'all getting like freaky nails still, but <laughs> oh, but we're going. Um, Venus is going transit into Sagittarius. Hmm. Mars is was transiting Taurus. Now here's the thing with Taurus, man. Taurus, y'all. It says, Mars can help you make quick decisions, be adventurous, and take risks. This planet is also responsible for making you successful in your respective field. Taurus is the opposite of my um, sun sign. Love-hate with Taurus. Um, Jupiter, which has to do with money and finance. So Jupiter turned direct in Pisces November 24th. Oh, that's to tomorrow, y'all. I I I love everything having to do with Jupiter, and that's really cool too because, um, Jupiter turns direct in Pisces on Thursday, which is also ruled by Pisces, also ruled by Jupiter. Pisces, y'all, I love Pisces energy. Um, it's in my chart. Um, it's very much a part of what makes me who I am in terms of like the, uh, when it comes to my intimate relationships with family and friends, like just the romantic rose-colored lenses, love being an auntie, love being a sister, love being a daughter, you know, um, love being in love with my with my masculine, and but also the spiritual aspect of it, love the esoteric conversations, um, yeah. So it says here this planet is representative in wealth. Right, so um, money should be looking right. This is great energy, y'all. Um, spirituality, 
knowledge, education, and it says it can um also help you put your thoughts into your speech properly. Woohoo! I love that energy. Saturn transit twenty two. Um, so Saturn was direct in Capricorn twenty twenty two, and looks like we won't have any more of that energy for. This is a good website. I'm gonna keep this tab open. All right, y'all. I'm pretty sure if I add this to the bottom of that, um, the first uh, segment I did for this podcast, it's going to be almost at the 45-minute mark. So let me get off of here. Know that I love you and I'm rooting for you. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Um, in my opinion, it's one of the laws of, of you know, uh, that's part of the secret, right? Practicing gratitude for the good things around you, right? So yeah, there's some kind of murky stuff and eventually you'll be happy to see how those things worked out. But be happy for the good things and more of those good things will come to you, right? So if you have a roof over your head, food on your table, friends who love you, right? So yeah, we have some of the other stuff too. You have a little bit of money in your bank account. That's awesome, right? Um, And you have your health, right? To whatever degree it is that you're able to walk and talk and play and communicate and articulate yourself and that you have possibilities ahead of you, right? So with that being said, let me snuggle back into bed. Did y'all hear the, the heater kick back in? The, the, the um, It's not the AC, but the heating system. So, And the, the sun, it's sunrise already happened. Um, so it's starting to get light outside and, um, but it's still kind of a little bit overcast. So I'm just going to snuggle up back into bed and drink my alkaline water. And I'm going to go work out at early. So I'll probably leave the house at nine. Yeah. I'm going to leave the house at nine. That's like in three more hours in three more hours. I should already be on the road. And then, like I said, just come back home. And, um, I do need to, somebody was telling me Mimi's Cafe, Mimi's Cafe has the Thanksgiving dinner. So I'm going to order one for me and my brother and, um, he's going to go spend time with his friends. I'm completely fine with being at home and I'm going to use that time to leverage instead. It's just another day and it's just another meal. Um, and I didn't even share with you guys. You're going to hear it first, but I'll talk about it more in another. My parents are coming. My parents are coming back from Costa Rica. I'll share the whole, the, the stuff from that, but it, they're, they're so much fun, y'all. I really do enjoy having them, um, like hearing them and it'll be nice for them. And I might go back with them. So, um, whenever they decide to go back, I have all, I've taken care of everything here that I need to, um, in terms of my finances and some stuff I had to get taken care of that I, I didn't want to have any loose ends. So I'm going to be going back with them to Costa Rica, y'all. My dad's like, oh, he couldn't wait. He's like, we're going to have you here for two to three months and we're going to show you everything. I'm like, dad, relax, relax. You're going to get 14 days out of me. <laughs> I'm going to come back to sunshiny California. Okay. Um, so so that that is so exciting. So that's going to be next weekend. That's going to be next weekend. And I have a boat trip. I'm supposed to, it's not a yacht, but it's a really nice um, setting thing. And I was talking with the coordinator. And so she's super excited about planning the event. I want to plan an event with her. But 
Um, it's right around the time my parents are coming and it's supposed to be a boat ride, like kind of, um, you're supposed to see like all the mansions with all of the lights that are along the river, like, oh, not the river, like they're along the, the ocean type of a thing. And so that's supposed to be fun. So I will catch up with you guys later until the next one. Bye.